online and have fun times with my friends it never ends share our news it's what we do long distance foolery it's just us too Welcome back to another exciting gab sesh on long distance foolery. We have made it to episode 11 and I am just thrilled to have today's guest with me. She's my favorite co-dinner party planner. She has quite possibly the most iconic set of curls I've ever seen. And, and she's always the first person to lose chubby bunny. It's Lex Ruby Okay. How Shots are you, my love? Fired. Shots have been fired. It's been a great conversation. I'll talk to you. Never. <laughs> we started with that. Woo. How are you doing, my um, love? I am doing well. I I was thrilled about the first two ways that you introduced me. The chubby bunny. I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to find a new addition to our friendship circle mm. that has a mouth as small as mine. <laughs> Maybe smaller. Um, ideally. That that I ideally. So I I mean, I can't I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, which is part of the problem. Um okay, here's the deal about the chubby bunny. I'm pretty sure that I'm really good at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> as with most pursuits that I undertake. Oh um, sure. <laughs> Love it. Just right off the bat, the natural athleticism mm. of Chubby Bunny, you know, is something that inspires me and I really want to win, but I, I think that I wasn't born with the gifts that you and perhaps Kellen and mm. Joe drew mm-hmm. the jaws on drew is really, you know, there's something <laughs> to be reckoned with. And I, you're right. You're right. I admit, I admit in this moment that I haven't ever won chubby bunny, but I'm not sure that I've always lost. I'm pretty sure you somebody know, has lost before me. Before. After I wrote that <laughs> intro, I did think that there was one moment where uh, there was at least maybe even twice where you didn't lose the very first. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, can we move on to a different subject? Absolutely. So how are you otherwise, Lex? <laughs> um, I am good. Great. Even um, slightly exhausted. So the, I'm sure. you know, everybody, I think everybody wants 2020 to be over the, yes. <laughs> and I think there's got to be a rule just like with fight club that, you know, <laughs> when we hit 2021, <laughs> we just don't talk about 2020. It will be hard for me not to talk about 2020. Given that we just welcomed our second baby, Elliot, yes, uh, baby our Elliot. gorgeous daughter, um, who, true to form of all Ruby Howe children, is a just runs large. <laughs> you know, was born. <laughs> she showed up ready for <laughs> the full buffet. Ready. That's exactly right. And you know, she's a month old yesterday and has has consistently performed above average in terms of eating <laughs> capacity. She unfortunately might beat me at Chubby Bunny today. I mean, like the cheeks on this child. I was going to say. Phenomenal. What she stored in there? Extra bottles of milk? I don't, like what? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But so, you know, there's, there's a beautiful silver lining that we welcomed Elliot in 2020. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the last month has been beautiful and exhausting all at the same time it is funny because you know i think you in in your notes to me you were like hey what what's it like to be you know a new mom again and it's the way the way that's phrased is like yes it is new and i'm a mom i haven't started i've been a mom for the last two and a half years to, to caroline and and it's been beautiful and lovely and rewarding and exhausting and hard i mean parenthood is is really hard um but i think what happened is like we drew and i we sort of forgot how hard it is (laughs) maybe there's some like biological thing that happens in your brain where you like suppress the memories of (laughs) the first few months of uh or first weeks and months of 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 an infant's life but Mm. holy mother it is (laughs) so hard it's so hard it's so hard so like you know we I think I was conditioned for some of this from from the decisions I made in college Uh right like which were signing up for everything joining every (laughs) being (laughs) overscheduled being constantly overset scheduled saying yes to everything friends meetings committees Literally, I wanted to do food. <laughs> yes, also food. Pa- 
parties, yeah. dancing, you know, all of that stuff. And and I I found my college, our college experience really rich because of that. And But it meant that like, I didn't do a lot of sleep, really didn't do a lot of sleep. So like, I remember going to bed at like two o'clock and three o'clock in the morning or sleeping in the library under the, oh my under the tables. But that was, we are not spring chickens anymore. No. That was 15 years ago. Oh God, you had to go there. Or you more. just had to drop that I right did. there on the table. I did because well, it's 2020. I graduated <laughs> in 2007, started college in 2003, 17 years, oh years ago. Um, you know, that's pretty much half of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. So, like, I was conditioned 15 years ago to have these long sleepless nights, but I don't think that like a 35 year old body is meant to wake up every hour and a half Mm -mm. to feed this delicate infant baby, no matter how lovely their cheeks are and how cute (laughs) their little eyes are. (laughs) No, I I just don't want to be awake at three o'clock in the morning. No, I was so surprised when you answered my text message the other day when it was like, 8 a.m. here, which meant yes, two. And two. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Turns out I was feeding some baby. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's a voracious eater. She's a ruby house. She runs large. She has expectations. She wants to be fed constantly. Um, but she's really sweet. I think the other thing um, that the last month has brought is like, there's, there's a different kind of um, experience this time with the second baby one, because like we've done it before. We, despite having blacked out the first four months of Caroline's life, um, I do know like how to support a baby's head. And I do know what those like cries and those moans and Mm -hmm. those like gurgles mean. And like, no longer am I freaked out about all that stuff. But what's funny about this is being a lesbian parent and having a wife who's carried both children, one born of Drew's egg and yeah. Elliot now born of my egg is, you know, how, how it's like a, it's a slightly different experience this time around where, you know, with Caroline, I adore her and I, she is my daughter and I think of her no other way. But when I look at Caroline, I see Drew, I look yeah. for Drew in her. Yeah. And I mean, they're spinning images of each other, each other. like they are cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, bonkers there's this one photo that we have of drew from i think a a beach shot when she was like two and a half or three years old like running full steam ahead and it's obviously like a frozen photo but you can imagine it being you know coming to life she's sort of running full steam ahead and she's got this pink one piece on and Mm -hmm. you know these chubby cheeks and chubby legs and curly like wavy hair and you know dark eyebrows and um full full red lips you know the features that she had today and like, it, if we had Caroline at the beach running towards us, like quite literally, if you did a side by side, they it would look exactly like the same person. They are twins. And <laughs> they are twins. And Drew is beautiful. And I think Caroline is absolutely beautiful too. But now with Elliot, like it's different because I look at Elliot and I see my tiny little ears mm-hmm. and I see oh, the little ears. button nose <laughs> and I've got the tiniest ears. Turns out she's gonna have them too and you know the um my like my my coloring and my Mm -hmm. brow and like a slight wave to her hair and it's blonder and her eyes are similar to mine and like it's wild now to look down at a child and and see see bits of me in her um and it's you know it's it hasn't changed the way i love it's just the um shift in identifying like a ruby how yeah that way and like you know I see little bits of my brother in her and I see little bits of my mom in her and I see little bits of my dad and my like my relatives and like like you're really a Ruby How and it's a funny (laughs) experience that I'm not sure that I ever thought I was gonna have like I think when when we were in college I knew that I wanted a family but I don't think I ever thought it would be of my own like Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I'd adopt or that it would be my partner's but yeah it's it's I'm blessed I'm really lucky to have had a wife who's willing to carry a child <laughs> yeah she's the true champion here <laughs> yeah she really and she does it so well I mean she honestly really really I mean that that was my argument <laughs> like <you can laughs> sure well you know listen you're also so well quick to that. defend all of your great strong attributes and able abilities to see that almost everything maybe minus chubby bunny um, so I don't know if that argument really holds water because I'm sure you'd also be an amazing um, pregnant woman. 
pregnant women? I don't think so. Actually, I think we found like a, another weakness. Chubby bunny and pregnancy. <laughs> pregnancy, yeah. Let's we'll stick with these. Um, I should probably stop playing chubby bunny, honestly. Like I should just call it call it time. But please don't, um, for everyone else's sake. <laughs> it's some yeah, of the best video footage and pictures that I have. Accurate. I I rewatched the Chubby Bunny video and pit, like quite literally pissed myself. Every time, every time every Facebook time. blesses my presence with that video, yes, I am so overjoyed. I often always, um, I often also pee my pants a little bit. Yep. Um, yep. but it just it brings back so many memories of not just that fun hysterical moment where we're all so young looking, stuffing marshmallows oh into God. our face in Kellen's DC I mean, apartment. I, I look the same. You look different, but. <laughs> Okay, rude. Some of us have lived hard lives since then, okay? I went to the Peace Corps for two years <laughs> where I took... Oh, you've, you've lived lives? Pharmaceutical. Yeah. I took okay. doxycycline for two years and stayed in the sun literally for 24 hours a day. Anyway, it's great to look back at that memory for the funniness of that video, but also just, like, it's it was such a wonderful moment where, like... I was depositing this cat that I needed to find homes for a uh, home for while I was leaving the country for two years. You went on that long drive with me. Like basically we drove all the way down from Philly, yeah. spent one night and then drove all the way back. I dropped you off at work. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah. just like a lovely little yeah. friendship moment that now Facebook reminds us about every year. It is beautiful. Um, I like the, the attempts we have made to recreate those golden nights. I think yeah. you know, when I look back on, on the time, I think less about like you having left us, which was painful then as yeah. it is now so like please at some point stop doing that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great sure. like i get the passions and the love and the you know the commitment <laughs> that you are doing for i get all of that but like just you know come on home at some point but you know i think about the those videos as like snapshots of the golden times that we Mm-hmm. lived in right like there, there there's like our friendship is beautiful and it will con- continue to grow and blossom i'm sure but like we were young and carefree and yeah. well maybe not fully carefree but we were young and a bit more carefree had fewer responsibilities yeah. had maybe thought we were like a little bit more invincible and we were you know experiencing each other and ourselves and testing the boundaries mm-hmm. of our sexuality of our relationships of what we wanted to do with the world and failing a little bit and being okay with failing a little mm-hmm. bit um and we were i think a little bit wilder maybe this <laughs> just is a touch <laughs> just a touch wilder um and i i like thinking about that that you do say epoch or epic you say i say epoch you know that period of time yes that i think i would say how does one pronounce that i don't know i'm I'm from philly we pronounce (laughs) things terribly (laughs) and now you're like you've you've confused us all with your french speaking ways and you live in South Africa and and I've adopted a very bad New Zealand accent because that's my attempt at adopt that's my attempt at recreating a South African is I almost always sound sort of like a half New Zealander I don't know it's terrible Uh which is offensive to me as an Australian but yes fine well I always said New Zealand because I wouldn't want to um say that I sound Australian and then have to say it for you and and then you just like cry at how bad it is so I'm just gonna I would have gone there so I understand your 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 defensive nature it's very strategic of you yeah you taught me well I did um but like you know I I think about the chubby bunny experiences and the um game night that we had and like when mm-hmm. I lived on Waverly Street where we would like you know put the tennis ball and in, uh, in the, the, the stocking <laughs> around our hip and try to knock over the coke cans and like the Oreo game when we like, yes. that rolled down our head and like the um dinner parties that we used to make and I don't know I I know that you didn't welcome props to this but I did bring some props <gasps> and I'm sorry for all of the people who oh, um, can't actually God. <laughs> see the props but I'm wearing um, <laughs> Caroline's favorite um, adornment at the moment which yes. is a Mi- Mr. Potato Head glasses ah. um, that are supposed to fit on a small Mr. Potato Head just so that I can um, also revisit oh, um, I love your my, food journal. my food journal which I started on August 4th 2004 I know this because I snipped out the um, 
the heading of the New York Times page, the food section, because they used to release the food section every Wednesday yeah. back when I got a paper and would read it. Um, and I looked at all the recipes that I've archived um, over the last 16 years. Well, you know, just a short and found, <laughs> found a little gem. Keith and Lex's summer salad. Oh yes, from two thousand and nine. I I want to know if you you have a very good food memory. Yeah. As as do I. I think I could probably regale you with most of the things, the food things that I've eaten and and created in in my life. Yeah. Tell me, what do you think Keith went into our Keith and Lex's summer salad? I remember this this night so so well. And yeah. Basically, the day because we lived it through food. Yeah. Do you remember what went in it? I'm going to guess that it was some type of peppery green. So like an arugula. It was a peppery green. Check. Okay. Um, I know there was prima donna cheese in it. Bingo. A quarter of a pound, I wrote, of uh-huh. prima donna cheese. I think maybe uh-huh. like a Fuji or Gala apple. Ooh, okay. Or is it another stone fruit? Got, there's no stone. Uh, well, technically, there, yes, there are two stone, There are two fruits that have a stone in the middle, but it's not of a peach or an avocado variety. There's an avocado, very good. <laughs> um, okay, so avocado, prima donna, arugula. Um, oh, I don't know what the other stone thing is, but were there nuts in there? There were nuts, yeah, good. <laughs> and then, I don't Four know, houses, like heirloom um, tomatoes like, or something? <laughs> oh, that would have been good. That would have made it really summery. Okay, let me let me read to you as I wrote it then, yes, in yes. handwriting that I almost don't recognize. <laughs> like I definitely don't write like that 16 <laughs> years later, however many years later, 11 years later. One whole avocado in slices. Perfect. One ripe mango. Cube. You know what? I almost said mango. Damn it. It's a mango. That's the other stone fruit. Yeah. One quarter of a red onion sliced. Oh, of course. Very finely, I'm sure. By that, yeah, but like I can just still remember that, like really tight. God, you've got the best My knife skills. skills. What can I say? Um, so good. Even eleven years ago, they were top notch. <laughs> um, a quarter of a, a quarter of a pound of the prima donna cheese, which I think we got at the Chelsea Chelsea yes, market. Yes, absolutely, we did. Another great uh, cheese monger there. Four ounces of uh, lightly salted almonds. Mm. I think we chopped them. Did Probably, we chop them? yeah. Who yeah. puts a whole almond in a salad like a like a barbarian? <laughs> <laughs> like how do you even eat that? We probably should have done like a sliver of an almond. Yeah. I'm I well like a cr- like a crushed almond. Yeah. Almond. Yeah, whatever. Um half a pound of arugula, three tablespoons of balsamic vinegar, mm-hmm. two tablespoons of olive oil to taste, as I wrote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes the vinaigrette has to be a little bit thicker, a little bit lighter, you know. To taste. I like that. I like a sixteen year ago Alexa's notes. Or 11 years ago. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then salt and pepper. And it's No dated. Dijon. We didn't make a vinaigrette. We did, which I think is about barbaric mood because a Dijon really does add that thickness to the to the vinaigrette to yeah. keep it emulsified. I mean, maybe we were just trying to be like little skinny bitches and, and just do an oil and vinegar yeah, the, dressing. The Dijon would have put us over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Not that quarter pound of prima donna or four ounces of prima donna. <laughs> Oh man, so so I what what I wonder is, would you eat that again? Absolutely. <laughs> do you think we should write? Do you, do you think we should write to Sweet Green? Be like, hey guys, we've got something for you. Um, uh, I do want to just quickly for everyone who might be listening to this episode and doesn't know you as well as I do. Um, yeah. I wanted to have you on because you obviously clearly from all the stories we just told are one of my best friends from so long ago from my, from my first days at Penn. Um, and I think I was thinking about the first time that we met and in person, mm-hmm. cause I, I had met you via phone calls, I believe between you and Kellen, but I had not met oh, you wow. until this one night at St. Elmo. Um, and I just have this vivid memory of you like walking out from the kitchen, you like the big kitchen they had behind the yeah, living yeah, room yeah, yeah, and you yeah. coming in and yeah. you being like, Oh my God, 
This girl is so cool. She's from Australia. She's Kellen's girlfriend. Like, I've heard about her. She is so yeah. confident. I just remember being like, okay, this, I like <laughs> have to be cool for this girl. This, cause she's way cooler than me. Um, you know, years later, Meanwhile, I've learned the truth. Been, but um, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I was Meanwhile, just so that nervous. Must have been like 2004, 2005, yeah. I was probably wearing a tank a rugby. top that was way too small for me. Like, there are some photos yeah. of like me over summer, like, where did I even get this thing? <laughs> or, or a double popped collar. Yes. That was also the style that Absolutely. I was rocking at the time. My roommate in college, I distinctly remember when I when I thought double pop collars were the fashion, told me that I in fact could not wear that to a job oh. interview. And I it took it took maybe three days of of discussion for me to finally agree that I could wear one single pop one single collar popped to to a job interview. Spoiler alert, probably didn't get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't even remember what the job was. Didn't Guaranteed need it. I didn't Doesn't get matter. It. <laughs> doesn't matter but um it's not, it's generous of you to say that i w- w- had confidence i think um it was it was funny being an international student um from at penn from australia like there were yeah. three of us totally and wow. i think part of the appeal of leaving leaving australia to come to the states was you know, I could spread my spread my wings and define myself however I wanted without the anchors uh, of expectations of people mm-hmm. who you went to high school with or people who knew you or you know pre preconceived notions that uh, about you or for you. And so I sort of like in some ways operated in an island of of my own. Like I I could be who I wanted to be with with a little bit of trep- trepidation. Like I didn't come out until my sophomore year, but. Um, once I did, it was sort of like, okay, the floodgates are open now, and like I am who I am, and <laughs> like I'm gonna be that still that friendly Australian girl with the curly hair who mm-hmm. is nice and affable and wants to get to know everybody, and like you know, I was there to soak up every person and every experience that I could have, and I think that probably came across as confidence. It was probably more just like I had then like a zeal for meeting people yeah. because. You know, I didn't, I, the other part of being an international student is like, didn't come with any kind of base. Yeah. Like, I didn't, <laughs> didn't know, you know, there was nobody to be my anchor. So, you know, I was super interested in just having, you know, rich dynamic friendships. And, and I definitely got that with you and with Kel and with, you know, our, our, an amazing group of friends that yeah. we, that we made, um, uh, many of whom are, you know, still in our lives. Still you know, around so many years. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> which is great. So, yeah, it's 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 funny to it, it's funny to hear somebody tell you how you how you came across. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a weird experience. Yeah, the confidence thing probably. I don't. Uh, Kellen might have some comments on it. I think it's that was probably one of the things that caused our relationship to demise. Frankly, <laughs> sort of like. <laughs> You don't say? Um, No, yeah, I just, like, when I think back about that moment and how fun that whole summer was, like, I don't know who I thought I was, but I was working two jobs, taking, like, two Calc 3, Calc 4 classes and still going out, like, Wednesday through Saturday. I don't know exactly how I survived that, but... um, That's a punishing (laughs) schedule. Yeah. Um, So glad that I met you because I, I feel like I wonder if... It'd be wonderful if I could have, like, a counterfactual of... Like, mm-hmm. what my gay life at Penn would have been if I had not met you and Kellen and, yeah. and Billy and all those people. But I think, like, when I when I look back on how I got into that larger community of, of being active and, like, a student association, like the Queer Student Alliance and things like that, that's very yeah. much on yeah. you. Because I remember you kind of be like, well, you should just... <laughs> I mean, why don't you just run to be secretary or something? And like that got me in the door and that got me to meet so many people and be a part of that wonderful, wonderful community at Penn um, that yeah. has, you know, for a couple of years, I'm not sure how recently, but for a couple of years was the number one school in the States for LGBT friendly atmospheres. I think it still is. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, just like a big thank you to you for pushing me to be a part of that huge, loving, wonderful, fabulous community at Penn. <laughs> 
Um, well, it was easy to to give you the nudge because you just have such raw ability to engage with people and you're so giving of yourself and like you have just like really great instincts and you did then and you still do now. So it was like, a, yeah, obviously this is like a talented person who I trust with all of the things and I want to see more and I'm already on this committee. And so if I'm, <laughs> yeah. if I'm doing this, like why would I have somebody who I absolutely adore, who's highly capable also, um, you know, be a part of it. And by the way, I also got to, got to, um, build this legacy. So, yeah. you know, I'm scandalously a year older than you, um, yeah. and wow. knew that somebody would have to carry the mantle. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't me. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, but someone else did. <laughs> I did help in my own oh. ways, but it was not in a leadership you did position a great in my job. senior year. <laughs> I was, I had moved on to Strictly Funk. (laughs) Yeah, which, which I do, I'm an amazingly talented dancer. In fact, now I think any kind of dance show is now ruined for me because (laughs) nobody dances as well as you. Well, that's generous. (laughs) Quite literally, I watched watched the, um, the Jennifer Lopez World of Dance Dance, made it made it to South Africa yet. I know I recognize if if South Africa is anything like Australia, you would get like only 20% of the TV, total TV shows, maybe even less. Um, But the world of dance, we've started watching it through in COVID times. And, you know, there there are all these people who are trying to dance and, you know, some of them are really nice and rhythmic, but (laughs) quite literally, and I think like, Keith can do that. Like he's got that move. I was like, oh, oh that's that's Keith. Like so much of it reminds us of those joyful moments of watching you on stage with Strictly Funk. And like, like who would have imagined this like little bit nerdy engineering student mm-hmm. from from <laughs> from from Philly, Philly suburbs, would Philadelphia is the city? Excuse me. Okay, sure, but sort of like not center city. West Philadelphia. Sort of the <laughs> born and raised. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, yeah. who would have ever thought that you would have made, you know, found you, your, some of one of your greatest talents in dance, in hip hop dance? I think, I think <laughs> of all one of my favorite too. memories <laughs> of all, literally of all styles drag, contemporary, hip hop. Yeah. I'm limited by naming any other jazz. styles, but I'm sure there are th- jazz. I was going to say jazz, but I didn't know. I don't really know what jazz dancing is. So <laughs> you're going to have to forgive me. That's fine. I just don't know where that begins and ends. Um, I do remember distinctly that the drag show yes. choreography mm. to Eric Pride's Call on Me. I mean, Call on Me. Has there been a more God, iconic so moment good. since then at Penn? I'm not sure. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. If only you had choreographed the um, Backstreet Boys. Oh, come on. You guys they... killed it. <laughs> if only just because of your fake facial hair. Like, honestly. Fake facial hair and straightened actual head hair. Yes. You, I'm not sure if you're remembering. Oh, the, you and Cynthia? Look. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 I have nightmares about I still about remember it. that. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I remember that and the smell of the burning uh-huh. hair. Yes, 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 yes. The two-hour session it took to straighten it. Yep. Yep. It's a shame you didn't choreograph that. Well, <laughs> you know, I had a lot on my hands. I you had to choreograph and the then pick up, pick up a lot of the admin, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I still showed up and was a six foot six monster of a woman, and I did choreography Man, on a chair in six heels. inch heels. So, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to really, tell my kids about that. I, I can't <laughs> wait to to find the video to show your children. Yeah, that. I know it's out there. I know it's out there. Well, I mean, so you got to share your or one of, I would say one of, apparently you have a lot in that wonderful journal that I have tried to start on my own many times <laughs> and I have never completed more than one recipe. So I don't, you teach me your ways. But my, um, my favorite cooking memory was also in New York, but mm-hmm. it was actually um, the three course pan Asian spread that you and I made for one New Year's Eve. 
<laughs> Which just, yes. I mean, like a category of favorite dinners is the fact that you and I uh, chefed, at, like, you know, New Year's Eve dinners at you, Cynthia's beautiful apartment chef. for right. multiple yeah. years. And, you know, Many I think it definitely took an evolution. And I think we started with like chicken parm yeah. and spaghetti. And then we ended we with like a yeah. beautifully plated rotisserie chicken with like, like you know, freshly yeah. sourced roasted vegetables and like a delicious, and like, that I don't know, gravy. Andy, Do you remember that you gravy? That yes. we, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. But this, yeah. the, the, the one dinner really well. that we did the Panasian where I think we had like, um, like a red Thai chicken curry. And uh, I think we did a palau, like a rice palau. And then we did yep. handmade dumplings. Dumpling. which we, we neither of us had ever done before. And yet the <laughs> night that we had to cook for 10 people decided this is what we're going to do. <laughs> this is it. I remember going to, to all of the Chinese supermarkets in yes. Chinatown mm-hmm. and hand selecting like the cabbage that we're putting there and the ca- the carrots and the, I want to say it was pork. Did we yeah, put probably. pork in there and all the Asian, Asian spices and dressings with very little guidance. I think we were, we were quite literally making this up. Am I right in remembering, because I don't want to get this wrong, am I right in remembering that we had maybe every sheet pan that Cynthia and her mother had ever owned yes. lined up in the kitchen with bowls, just trying to like hand, like one, make these things, which was a labor of love. Yeah. Um, and then two, like hand hand yeah. pinch them. I think you were, you were, Here's here's what I know about our friendship <laughs> and your talents. Very very good at fine motor skills. Anything that needs finesse, all you. If I were going to paint a house, which I hope never ever to do again, like you know those 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 years have passed me by. Um, I would pick you oh, for the you know the edging work. The edging you know, work. To yeah. Like the the fine. I mean, for all of it, when you're also tall and and and. <laughs> fun to be around and we'd yeah. have like really good nice music and like yeah. we'd eat nicely you know do, do all of that for well. many reasons but, like yeah. you know to to get that edge just right like as if you it was a, a professional as if it would you need a key let me do the big strokes i will get the most of the wall 90 percent of the way you touch it off yeah your knife skills second to none <laughs> yeah. second to none your pinching skills of those little things, like okay, you spent what half a day in one of those yeah. on one of those courses pinching. Man, you're a pro. You know, pro. thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. I I recognize quickly that I couldn't do the the pinching. You're Still like, can't let me pinching. finish everything else. You just do this. <laughs> I, do <everything laughs> I will literally like shake six pans. I'll chop this thing over there. I'll put yep. that in the oven. You just fold these goddamn dumplings. Get those dumplings out. Yes. Thank you for thank you for regaling with that. I had forgotten about that exploit. I did remember the the rotisserie chicken and the jus Mm -hmm. and the other things. It was. I also remember a lot of um, tequila in in Cynthia's apartment. There were some dark days for me. Yes. Yeah. But a happier food related moment with (laughs) Cynthia as well. Cynthia has been, hi Cynthia, you've been with us for a lot of these wonderful culinary journeys, was the um, Barefoot Contessa roast pork tenderloin in San Francisco at her and Bridget's apartment for Pride that one year. That was an amazing meal. That was a close runner up to my favorite. Was there a peach salad in that? Absolutely there was. Oh God, that was so good. Yes. 2009. Yeah. That was, that's, these are some of the golden, this is golden years. Yeah. Golden Maybe not for the way that I looked, but for our memories, sure. <laughs> I, I was I trying some new things. How deep was it, your hair on uh, your face? I, I don't know, it? but I am now fully spiky, newly coiffed now. I love, loving the I have a dude. fresh Did buzz. you do it yourself? I did not, no. Joe and okay. I have been on some yeah. hair journeys in lockdown, and he's done an amazing job <laughs> cleaning up the sides and giving me his best version of a fade. Um, but uh-huh. yep. I had not, for the past 140 days, allowed him to touch the top. And it had just okay. gotten so long that it was like past, yeah. it was like hitting my mustache. And I was like, I, this has okay. to stop. So. Like- 2006 Keith all over exactly <laughs> like straight up auditioning for strictly funk and using hairography to get me in uh that type of hair but no today I went to um, an actual hair salon and I will tell you I felt great. like I had 
bricks on my chest, not because of COVID, but because of anxiety of COVID, like the entire time. Mm. It's just like, Mm -hmm. we have been hermits. Like we have been very careful. We do not leave. Like if we leave, we are wearing a mask. We're doing hand sanitizer, like at every 30 seconds. (laughs) Um, Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Like we just, we just, we have been very careful and we're not, we're just not at a point where we're willing to take the risks that a lot of other people seem to be taking. And so, you know, we talked a lot yeah. about, do we both feel okay that I'm going to get a haircut? Cause me going to get a haircut is like, you're going to get a haircut, Joe, because we literally spend every waking moment together. Um, and it ended up being totally fine. Like this one particular salon was really good. Like everyone had on the, all of the staff had on masks plus shields. There was only two people in getting nice. haircut at a time. Um, and there were no like fans or anything. And I was sitting near like an open window. So I felt, I felt pretty good. Um, but yeah, fresh cut. It's not because I'm depressed and going crazy in Corona (laughs) times. It's just because I was sick of blow drying my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, I'm glad you did that. I think, you know, what you just summed up is like just your, like the risk tolerance and the, and the levels that, um, and the sort of decisions that all of us have to make that are mm-hmm. so different to the thing, the decisions we had to make, you know, six months ago. And most yeah. of us and most of the people listening to this podcast are, are, have been privileged enough that we've never been in a position where we've had compromised immune systems before yeah. and had to wear a mask or had to limit the, our exposure to things or had, um, you know, breathing challenges or had to limit the way we traveled because of our health. Like now mm-hmm. we have to do that on the daily and we have to assess hey, is this activity going to the grocery store, getting a haircut, going to the playground with a two and a half year old, like worth the potential risk of exposure to the virus? And it's hard. It's really hard. And I think, you know, we've had, Drew and I have had to make similar kinds of decisions Mm -hmm. for our family as well. Like, you know, she was pregnant and, you know, there's, there's so much of COVID that's unknown for for pregnant women and for infants yeah. that, you know, our, our risk tolerance was de- decreasing. Um, and it's still pretty, you know, pretty tight as many others, just as you assessed, like where their risk tolerance was increasing, like, Hey, they've yeah. got more um, knowledge about the virus or they have this great desire to be open again or the, you know, whatever, um, that, that sensibility is. And yeah, we've been really, really cautious about it as, as well. I hope, you know, that we can all move past this. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem that it's going to happen. No, it doesn't seem likely. Um, soon. But on that topic, I listened to a wonderful podcast today about just like yeah. the awkwardness that COVID has created socially. Um, it's yeah. the, the Vox's, um, What's their daily their daily podcast uh, the daily mm-hmm. <laughs> boxes the daily oh. um, I think okay. the episode came out yesterday and it's just about like it has introduced this whole um, similarly to like uh, being protective of like sexual health and having to have conversations before you have sex with someone right. about like okay when was the last time you were tested do you have a condom that mm-hmm. about like the list of questions yep. now yeah. All of us have to consider, like, if a friend invites us over, it's like, okay, well, do I ask them all these questions? Like, how many yeah. people have you seen last week? How often do you wear a mask? Like, all of these, like, similar protective yeah. measures. Um, and so it was a really fun podcast. Made me feel a lot better about how awkward I have felt in the <laughs> two times that we've had social interactions since March. Yeah. And it was like, how do I ask these questions? How do we, like have this person come to our house, but understand like, no, you have to sit on that side of the room. Like we don't feel comfortable sitting right. any closer. Like it was just, yeah. so anyone right. who wants to hear a good yeah. podcast about that, um, the box is the daily. That's good. I, I thank you for the recommendation. Cause I, I'm looking for things that help sort of like rationalize or help create like a system surprise system or, or structure behind how. <laughs> Are you type A Lex? <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> no comment. Yes, hyper. Um, <laughs> because I think there's like there are these degrees, right? Like the risk tolerance and um, the assessments of how how people have been introducing certain elements of risk into your family that you or to your household, their own households that you yourself haven't been taking. Like you want to find people who are at your relative level, right? Mm-hmm. And for those who are at 
you know, 100% restricted or 90% restricted, which it kind of sounds like you are, you are yeah. in, and I'm probably there too. It's like, how do you match? How do you find somebody who's willing to be at that level um, with you? And it's hard to know what the grading systems are. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to know how to assess. It's hard to know how to have conversations. Like I found myself texting today, like, hey, we have um, one of Drew's aunts coming over to our backyard, you know, in an open space to see us. Mm -hmm. we're, we're all going to be wearing masks. And like I had to explain to a friend, oh, we're having an, a socially distant visit with an aunt later today. And like, I was like, man, there should be a shortcut for this. Like, <laughs> you know, an SD, we're having an SD visit. And I was like, okay, it's too soon for me to start creating acronyms. But, you know, it's <laughs> really so helpful. To... <laughs> this has got to be an easier way. Um, you know, I think um, it's helpful to have just like a rubric to follow, right? And, a, and an easier way of communicating where you are on that threshold to be able to describe to others, hey, here's why I, where I am. And if you want to like meet up and, and couple, like I would expect you to do these certain things. Yeah. And I think people are doing that around like the need to quarantine before they see family and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's you have to be cautious because you don't want to express to friends of yours who have made different choices because they have different risk profiles that they're lepers or inherently disease ridden yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know you know there's some sort of um, moral judgment you're making about them because that's not <coughs> it either it's just no. like we have different lived experiences and different realities at the moment and it's it's super complicated um but yeah i, I hope there's an easier way to assess it i have we found Fauci an and other you know there's a gap in the market, isn't there? Yeah, it's an app that like <laughs> you set your preferences, you send it to someone, yeah. they have theirs. It shows you like you're 80% aligned and like based on yeah. how close their phone has been to other phones, it seems like they're telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's getting a that, little bit into like espionage or overstepping. Like, you, I think you've probably hit on something that all of the dating apps are probably trying to figure out how to roll out, right? Yeah. Like people want to date in COVID times, but they've got to be able to do it in like in this kind of way, have that exchange. Yeah. It's weird to think that this is our reality. Yeah. That like at when we are 50 and 70 and 80 and regaling our stories to our families and our children and our grandchildren, may we be so lucky. Um, yeah. You know, that, that we will describe 2020 this way. That this yeah. and this will be the, the the defining characteristic of our generation and the generation beneath us, right? Like that yeah. is wild, and that at, my daughter was born in this defining year. It's like Insane. weird, weird. Yeah. What is your hot take of the week, my dear friend Lex? Oh. Okay, my hot take. Okay. You're American. I, I am. There are certain things. <laughs> there are certain things that I, you grew up with that I had no exposure to <laughs> until arriving in this country. Let me take you to 2008. Just just a quick trip back in memory lane. Sure. <laughs> um, I was visiting my then girlfriend, uh, Julia One, who mm. I'm sure you remember, mm -hmm. and Love she her. lived. She grew up um, right outside of the Boston area, and she took us to Walden Pond. And we were walking, we we're doing a hike. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's the middle of the summer. It was lovely. We were hiking. And all of a sudden, I see this mini alien creature crawling along, along the ground. I was like, what the F is that? She's like, that's a chipmunk. I'm like, no, it's not. That's not a thing. That is an alien. That is an alien. I've never seen one of these things before. I do not know what that is. It scared the living shit Are you kidding? Me, despite it being... <laughs> three inches tall and adorable as and fuck then, <laughs> so cute adorable here's my hot take <laughs> chipmunks shouldn't exist they they what? are they are almost uh yeah here we go controversial um they are nuisances they are like <laughs> rats they are no good what do they do so here's the one, one thing about the squirrels. Squirrels are annoying, but also cute. They can jump around. They hide their nuts. They like actually do a good Don't job of clearing the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Very nicely paid. But the chipmunk, <laughs> like what is the chipmunk doing for you? Chip and Dale, not that great. The chipmunks, they're just like super annoying. And all of the all of the animated chipmunk variety, yeah. <laughs> varietal, which mind you, look absolutely nothing like the real life chipmunks. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Are not that great. I have a 
chipmunk infestation in my backyard. Did you know <laughs> that they burrow? They create burrows under the ground and then eat your things. So, oh, which is terrible, terrible for you. <laughs> terrible for me. Here I was diligently this spring before sure. you gave birth, <laughs> tending to my garden, putting in hostas and plants and creating a, a tomato section in the one part of my garden that gets sunny, tomatoes, <laughs> strawberries, herbs, cukes. I put some cukes in. Of course. You know what those MFing chipmunks did? Every single tomato, oh, no. every single tomato that has even shown like it's going to ripen. The day, the day it shows a flush of orange or a flush of pink <laughs> that it's the ripening, gone. It's gone. They take it. Gone. Can't even get my fingertip on on it before <laughs> they take it. Chipmunks can go. Chipmunks can go. Can go. Okay. <sighs> I really could not have seen this coming. It makes a ton no. of sense now, having heard the whole yeah. full, full circle story. Um, but if your hot take is that you think chipmunks could go, what are your thoughts on quokkas? Totally quokkas, different. Okay. They are really different. I think they're Australian. I know this only because I think my wife thinks that she looks like a quokka. In fact, <laughs> oh I'm, my I'm, God. <laughs> I could be convinced. I could be convinced, Drew. <laughs> I agree with you. I will send you a side by side. It has gone as far as one of her work colleagues. Um, for for her prior job, got her a going away present with a quokka imprinted on a pillow, um, with a, <laughs> with, <so> nice. <laughs> because it reminded her so much of of Drew. So um, that's about as much as I know about the quokka. Oh, I'm so happy for her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, there are worse animals um, to be compared to. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Like you don't, you're not looking for an antelope or a hippo. <laughs> Or like a naked mole rat. No, oh, those are no honey, honey badger. No. Mm. Um, okay, what's your hot take? So my hot take uh, this week is my new fervor for calling out dumb, confusing phrases and telling the world that we can do better. And this week in particular, oh. the phrase um, that I don't like that I think makes no sense. <clears throat> it's yeah. a phrase used when trying to. Um, say that something isn't always as simple as it seems or that it's sometimes like there are, you know, maybe underlying reasons why something you're seeing is happening, right? And the phrase is mm -hmm. um, that, you know, life is like an onion and it has many layers or just like onions have layers or, or famously in Shrek, an ogre is like an onion, they have layers, right? This idea mm -hmm. that you need to sort of like take off the surface level to see what's underneath and like keep digging deeper to understand yeah. what's happening. Um, and it's like, particularly for me, it sticks out because in Peace Corps, um, our country director always loves saying like, well, before you start jumping to conclusions, peel back that onion. Um, again, like oh. to dig deeper, to understand like why someone might be yeah. complaining or whatever. Um, yeah. But this makes literally no sense to me for many reasons. If you're talking about onions, yes, there are layers but it's sure. literally yeah. the same exact thing at every layer. You peel back one layer, You're right. still an onion. Peel back another layer, yeah. an even more pungent layer of onion. You get to the core, yeah. guess what? It's a smelly, stanky onion. Delicious, but it's an yeah. onion. You're not yeah. getting any yeah. extra information by peeling back those layers. And yeah. And so, I don't know, I have a couple questions for you. Like one, have you ever, is this a phrase that was popular for you growing up or um, in Australia, like peel back the onion, make sure you're understanding the whole situation. But secondly, I wanted to hear if you have any ideas of things that could be better as an example mm -hmm. of like peeling back layers. I have a few in mind, but I want to see if you have interesting ones. I think, I, you know, I've definitely heard the, the peel back the onion, but I don't think I've ever used it. And I'm not sure that <laughs> good. You should. I'm not sure that I would. I'm not sure that I would. I'm not sure that I would. You know, I think about like the other uh, phrase that some folks use which would be like you know don't judge a book by its cover like sure, make sure yeah. you're turning into the pages and reading the story before um before you're making an assessment of is it right is it good is it you know what ha what have you or have pe people good and i think you know maybe that's better but it's still a little trite it's still a little yeah. too simple right and yeah. but but that said 
you know, if I think about buying wine, I definitely <laughs> buy based on the label. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I do. You know, like I'm thinking that's a pretty label. Yeah. I like that font that they've used. It's not it's comic always about the font. It's that font. Oh, I guess the appellation means something in the year that it was done. Yeah, you know, grapes, but like, details. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but anyway, back to your question about the, the onions peeled. I hope you're not interacting with too many people who are using this. Get them out of your life. No, <laughs> yeah. It was definitely uh, very big in Peace Corps, but, you know, I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, I think I might have gotten it because I was watching a YouTube cooking video and someone mentioned a joke about it. And I was like, excuse me, I don't like this phrase. And when I reflected on like, what could you say instead of an onion? Two things came to mind. First, jawbreaker. Yeah. You suck that, changes colors every like 10 seconds. You're like introduced Ooh. to a whole new experience. <laughs> like start off blue, then it turns yellow, then it's pink. The yep. second example was... Um, matryoshka dolls or Russian stacking dolls because you're literally oh. uncovering an entire new person yeah. with a whole new experience, a whole new story. And smaller and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like <laughs> that to me gets across that idea better than an onion. Yeah. Although side story quickly, and this kind of circles back to your um, slight shade on Americans earlier in this episode. But um, mm -hmm. so I was, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to look up how to properly pronounce matryoshka dolls when I was going to bring you it up on this podcast. Job. So I put it to Google Translate. And I will tell you, Google Translate read Americans for filth so quickly because I put in that <laughs> word and I listened to it say it on the Russian side and it said it beautifully, like better than I am, obviously, with a Russian accent. And then I clicked, I just wanted to hear what it would do if I clicked the pronunciation button on American. And it was like, Matryoshka. And I was like, excuse me, not all Americans butcher literally everything, okay? Like, I just felt like Google was real shady, um, but I thought you would appreciate that. <laughs> I do really appreciate that. And now I just like wanna go out and interact with somebody and be like, say this word. <laughs> Of course you want to do some consumer research or like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like actually get some data on the ground. Too bad we can't actually go up to strangers anymore. No. It's like we're like <laughs> they, they run away from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like your magnets like um, of the same pole. Mm. Do you ever feel like that when you're walking somewhere? That like you've got like a certain charge and they've got the same charge. And it's like, you know, you get too close and, you know, they, they sort of bounce. I wish people would act like that. They do not. Oh, I'm that person. I don't, I'm not, I stop in the street. If you're coming near me and you have, you were not showing that you're going to be six feet apart or that you're not wearing a mask. Like who, who, what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All of that likes. Who? Why? What? What? <laughs> what? What are you doing? Anyway, let's move on from that too. Um, can I tell you my hot cake? Yes, please. It's, it's a nice, it's an, it's adjacent to the, to the chipmunk. Okay. My chipmunk story. Interesting. Okay. Here's here's my crush. This is my crush. The perfect summer tomato. Okay. There is quite literally nothing that brings me as much joy right now, except for my gorgeous child was like, and um, family. Oh. <laughs> Let's edit that out. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um then the perfect summer tomatoes that I'm getting right now. So they are in abundance here because it is just hot not in your and yard. It's humid and it's not in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, that tickled the, me. The pure, un <laughs> the pure unbridled joy knowing that I've failed at harvesting my own tomatoes. Thank you for that. Um, but I signed up for <laughs> <laughs> you're still going take your time with it you're right i have failed my tomato crop has failed thanks to these chipmunks that have made their their burrows in my backyard um but i joined a csa in part of part oh, of like the early parts of the covid shutdown it's like okay i've got to find my produce from somewhere i joined a csa and i started making sourdough this is the second thing that i failed at during covid times my sourdough starter did not start same it turned into <laughs> acetone it like smell did yours do this it smelled like nail polish remover it was absolutely <laughs> disgusting i don't know what bacteria you have going on in your house but 
It's like somebody should come and test that. It might be the cure for COVID. Oh, please, please, Lex, please. <laughs> funky. Woo. Um, but I, I joined a, a CSA and they, they brought me, I kid you not, 20 pounds of gorgeous heirloom tomatoes this week. And oh my God. I have made gazpacho three times. I have made um, sun, semi-sun-dried tomatoes. I have made ceviche. I'm making mm. a perf- beautiful marinara sauce. Like any yes. suggestions, welcome. I had I, like bring, bring it. But I mean, have you not made a jam? You are just... the jamming lady. Oh. A savory tomato jam. Jam, jam. <laughs> yes. How did I not think of that? <laughs> yes. This is why I need you in my life. Tomato jam. But there's something about the the some the, the tomatoes now mid August, late summer tomatoes. They're mm. full, they're plump, they're juicy, they're sweet, they're tangy. Mm-hmm. They're like a little herby. You know, they haven't been, they've never been frozen like the ones maybe that we get in the store or refrigerated. Yeah. And they are just so good. Like you, if you were to bite into them, like the juice would just run down mm. your your face. Like, and it takes me to every tomato that I've ever ate, eaten. But in particular, the trip that we took to France four years ago after Drew and mm. I got married. We will have been married for five years in two weeks' time. Congratulations. Go us. Let's hope we make it. Thank you. Um, We took our honeymoon a year after our wedding day. And, you know, France, the south of France, in the peak of summer, like those farmers are just harvesting tomatoes literally all day long. And (laughs) And every time I taste a good tomato here, I am transported to this fountain in this town called Gord. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, um, sitting on this fountain that was built in what, like 1401. Yeah. And it's a warm summer day and I've got this this beautiful tomato that I just got at the stand on the drive up and <laughs> I've got this beautiful baguette. And like quite literally, like th- I think that might have been the best thing I've ever eaten. Just a war- like still warm from the farm tomato mm-hmm. that is sweet and tangy and soft and but firm and the juices run down your face. And like that is joy for me. And so that's my, my hot cake. I love that. I like. I love that. Yes. I, I honestly like the fact that you can find such delicious tomatoes <clears throat> in the States is uh, reassuring to me because I have found that the best tomatoes that I've ever eaten have almost always been outside of the States. Um, particularly really? here, like every tomato that I eat here in South Africa just tastes leaps and bounds better than American tomatoes. Um, and I'm talking like really? grape tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, you know, <gasps> oh. uh, like what are they? Uh, Roma tomatoes. Like they all just have more flavor here. And I don't know if it's because they're just yeah. raised in a more like organic, less mass produced way, but they're just yeah. delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Um, okay. What's your hotcake? Same channel, different show. It's food related, but it's a person. Um, so my <laughs> hotcake is Andy Baragani from Bon Appetit. Oh, um, so Andrew Baragani is one of the YouTube personalities for them. He is mm-hmm. a muscle nugget gay man, uh, just like beautiful. What is a muscle nugget? Uh, like <laughs> shorter, not short, but like shorter, uh-huh. just like muscly, like built well, but Jack. just like shorter in stature. So muscle nugget. Okay. Um, he's Persian. <laughs> he um, has a similar sort of like love for Asian and strong flavors that I do. So like almost always I go to yeah. his recipes in Bon Appetit. Um, but he's my yeah. hotcake. And the only reason he's my hotcake this week is because Bon Appetit is going through it right now. Oh, yes. Um, and, they, uh... you know, like especially with the whole thing started because of these YouTube contracts and the fact that only white YouTube presenters were getting paid for those video presences and yep. all of the people of color yep. were not. Um, and, you know... This started in May, I think, and they've been negotiating Mm -hmm. these contracts again since then where all of the people of color have been asking for more money. Their white colleagues, like the good ones, the smart ones, um, are saying, like, I'm not coming back unless you start considering these demands and, like, equal pay for equal presence, whatever. Uh, Condé Nast or whatever part of Condé Nast is responsible for the video contracts would not budge. And so now they're all quitting. And I just feel like they should all band together and start their own channel because they have 
they are overflowing with charisma and talent and like they don't need Kanye Nast. And I just cannot believe in this day and age that when confronted with such a clear and present example of how you are continuing racist systems of suppression and like unequal living conditions, like you say, you know what? No, even though we're out in the public and we're out here like doing things that are wrong, we're just gonna keep doing it. Um, so that got away from my hot kick. Andy Baragani is beautiful and, and delicious and his food is amazing. <laughs> um, but it's it's also kind of just like a hot cake at the moment. Like Kanye Nas, get your shit together. Well, <clears throat> besides talking to you, Lex, my high of the week um, has been, well, I don't know if you've heard, but long distance <laughs> foolery is quote unquote gaining traction. No joke. Shut I got I got down. emailed this week asking about getting transcripts made for my podcast because they said long distance foolery seems to be gaining traction. And I like listen, I think it's just like an automated email that gets sent out to whatever podcast is out there like as soon as they hit, you know, maybe 10 episodes or something. Um so not okay. really probably based on actual levels of popularity, but also The Anchor app, which is what I use to distribute my podcast to Apple, Spotify, Google, they also asked me if I would like to start getting sponsored, you know, to talk about Anchor. So it's not like it's an actual sponsorship. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's like, that's not, that's not a coincidence. I am now the new hottest, greatest podcast out there. (laughs) As of this episode, Lex. I have 346 plays and approximately 26 listeners. Look <laughs> at you go. Keith, you're in the 300s. It's That's soon going to be 400. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? 430. <laughs> think of the sponsorships I'll get. Just think of them. You are on the cusp of being an influencer. So close. And if I do hit it, the sponsorship that they offered me pays $15 per or uh, $15 per 1000 impressions. So if in one week my podcast hears or gets heard a thousand times, I'll get $15. That's really good. I'm hitting like 30 a week. So (laughs) well, isn't it a listen and an impression different? So like if you've got an impression that could be in somebody's Spotify feed or an Apple music or whatever, but they may not click on it. I don't and know. they may not listen. So, like, imp- impression. There's a dip. I'm I'll in, have to dig into I've, that because I could be making millions. Yeah, <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> that is my high for the week. <laughs> this false sense of fame and <laughs> popularity. Sure. <laughs> that that I that I am am lucky enough to call you this <laughs> near term influencer, one of my dearest friends. Just you wait. It'll happen. That's my, that's my high. I think my actual high might be I surprisingly hit my 700th ride on Peloton this week. <gasps> oh, my and, God. Yeah. Did they shout you yeah. out on the live feed? Well, I didn't realize it was happening. I had forgotten, <laughs> mostly in, like, the delirium of, of not sleeping. being a new mom again. <laughs> yeah, not sleeping. Um that I didn't realize. And then I got all these high fives on the thing. And I was like, oh, why are they high fiving me? It turns out 700. And I am uh, three or four workouts away from a thousand workouts on the, on the platform. Oh my God. So look at me go. But on that same note, I did my 500th ride on March 7th in London in the <gasps> live studio. It was the what? second to last class that they hosted before the COVID shutdown. And I think that's going to be sort of like anchored in my in my brain for a little while. But Leanne Hainsby, who was who was on the who's one of the instructors, was doing who was the live presenter that day, and she was great and so dynamic. She wrote me a handwritten note celebrating my 500th ride. She came out and we had a chat for like 15 minutes. So so nice meanwhile keithla has not been working out on the platform no it's because joe and i are finishing a six-week program on center the chris hemsworth fitness app but then i will get back into mm-hmm. bike riding mm-hmm. yeah you're looking fit but i'd like a pal on the platform well i have to crush you i can't 
but I have to say that just to make it seem like I could potentially even try. <laughs> well, part of the part, one of my problems with having um, hosted you eighteen months ago, about two months after I got I got the platforms, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that I could set up a profile for you then, and I had just had you work out uh, on the bike. I think I had the flu, and I was like sick and like yeah. not happy, and you worked out, and you set the PR that. <laughs> has really messed up my streak a little bit. Yeah. So Why cuz it was so I bad. I have beat it. I have I have No, no, it was really oh, good. Oh, okay. <laughs> so good that I that I had a hard time beating it. Oh. For a little while, but I have beaten it now, but now we should just edge each other out. Yeah. So with that, bring it. I shall. <laughs> I shall bring it so hard bring because I already get it. all of your Apple Watch updates when you finish a wonderful bike I ride. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you to another seven day challenge. Oh God, not right now. No, don't do that to me. I'm a new mother. Yeah, but you need some motivation. Take pity on me. Take pity on me. Social pressure. Right now. <laughs> How about when you start riding the bike? You, Ooh, you, you and I can challenge again. On that note, um, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. It's been a joy. Lex. It's been a thrill. Um, this reminds me of so many very heartfelt conversations we have had to have over Skype. Um, yes. It's so happy to have you back. back for me too. <laughs> and on happier times. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I cannot wait to see more of you and Drew and Elliot and Caroline. And maybe I'll have to yeah. work with Ashley, Kellen, and uh, Joe to create a new bedtime song for oh. Elliot. Yes, please do. She needs it. She wants it. Well, we, we have to wait until we can go to France, book like... the Airbnb experience, and meet with this guy again yeah. to facilitate the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too much to ask in a global pandemic, yeah. I don't think. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Love seeing okay. you, Lex. Love, love hearing you. you. I love you. Thank you for I'll hosting me. I'll talk to me. you soon. Uh, you're doing great things. Bye. <laughs> Bye.